the thief comes not except to steal, kill, and destroy. I have come that you might have and enjoy life, life in abundance until it overflows. Discover how to live the abundant life in Christ through the ministry of Pastor Oseyao Afwakwa. Pastor Afwakwa is the founder and general overseer of Embassy of Life Chapel, a thriving ministry headquartered in Kumasi with a network of churches in Kumasi and Accra, Ghana. God has commissioned him to train believers through the teaching of the good news of the kingdom to know God better, live life better, and impact the world better. Get set for an empowerment that will enable you to live a life of all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. God bless you as you listen. Thank you for this hour, Spirit of God. Thank you for your help. You've helped me every time I've stood here because you are my helper and my strengthener. Today, as I communicate the word of life, let grace flow. Let your word come without any hindrance. Let there be no interruption in the realms of the spirit. Let clarity and understanding be given unto all. Thank you that I have access to wisdom and revelation. Thank you that your word edifies your people, changes them, and moves them from glory to glory. In Jesus' precious name, amen. Isaiah, he said, therefore, the redeemer of the Lord. Somebody say, therefore, I'm the redeemer of the Lord. Say, I am the redeemer of the Lord. I have returned this morning. I have returned this morning with singing unto Zion. I have everlasting joy in my spirit. And I am living here with joy and gladness. Sorrow and mourning will be far from me. Somebody shouted, sorrow and mourning will be far from me. That shall be your experience. Shout a better amen. That is what is your portion. He said, the redeemed, you can't come to God and return with nothing. When you return to God with gratitude, you return with something. This morning, you are returning with something supernatural. Those who knew you before will be surprised at who you have become. In the mighty name of Jesus, so it shall be in your life. Now look at Luke chapter 17, verse 11 to 19, and then we will look at it quickly. Now it happened as he went to Jerusalem that he passed through the midst of Samaria and Galilee. As he entered, somebody say, as he entered, a certain village, they met him ten men who were, ten men who were, let's read it together, ten men who were, good, who stood afar off, good, verse 15, and they lifted up their, 13, they lifted up their voices and said, Jesus, master, do what? Have mercy on us, verse 14. So when he saw them, he said to them, do what? Go show yourself to the priests. And so it was as they, as they stayed, as they sat, as they did what? Went, they were, they were, they were, and verse number 15, go. How many of them? How many of them? How many were they? How many were they? How many of them? One of them, when he did what? Please, if the Bible is yours, underline when he saw. 
when he saw he was healed, returned, returned, and with a loud voice glorified God. Look at verse 16. Return. Somebody say, I have returned. Say, I have returned. Say, I have returned. When he returned, we came with a loud voice. And then the Bible said, fell down on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. How many of us are ready to fall on our faces today? Gave him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 17. Look at this. Verse 17. And Jesus answered, were there not ten claims? But where are the nine? Where are the nine? Were there not ten claims? Where are the nine? Were there not any found who returned to give glory to God except this foreigner? This foreigner, this stranger. Verse 19, let's go to verse 19. Yes, he said to him, arise, go your way. Your faith has made you, your faith has made you well. It's made you complete. You are returning with completeness. You are returning with perfection. In the mighty name of Jesus. Okay, so it's a three-part series and we have captioned it. Let us return with, let, uh, let's return with, let's return with thanks. Somebody say, let's return with thanks. Say, let's return with thanks. In part one, we looked at seven vital reasons why we must return. And we said that we must return because thanksgiving is good. We said we must return because thanksgiving is an expression of gratitude. We said we must return because thanksgiving is a positive response to grace. Then we said we must return because thanksgiving is a mark of godliness. Again, we said we must return with thanks because thanksgiving is a gate opener. This morning, your thanksgiving will open gates for you. Gates of favor will be open for you. Gates of marriage will be open for you. Gates of academic success will be open for you. In the mighty name of Jesus. Somebody say, gates are opening. Then, number six, we said we must return because thanksgiving is a guarantee. When you thank God, you are guaranteed audience and answers. From this morning, you return with answers. Listen, this month is our month of gratitude. No prayer point whatsoever. Let every prayer point become a praise point. Turn every prayer point into a praise point. You know how you do that? So if you would have said, Lord, as we gather on Sunday, bring in multitudes. No. Say, Father, we thank you that as we gather on Sunday, multitudes are coming in. If you are believing God for money, you say, Lord, I thank you. Instead of asking, Lord, you know I need this money. You know you need to make a way for me so that the money will come. You say, Father, I thank you that the way is made. You made the way for me. The money is in my hands. That's how you turn every prayer point into a thanksgiving point. That's what we are doing. And then, we said we must return number seven because unthankfulness is a grave sin against God. Somebody say unthankfulness. Shout it. Unthankfulness. It's a grave sin against who? Alright. And last week, we looked at the fact that there are two kinds of thanksgiving we must return. One is personal. Somebody say personal. So you have come to personally thank God. And then number two is corporate. Jesus said, you are the only person who came. He didn't reject his thanksgiving because he accepted his personal thanksgiving. 
but much more. He said, but I was expecting a full house thanksgiving also. Where are the nine? Where are the nine? So there's corporate thanksgiving. And then we looked at 10 ways to offer thanks to God acceptably. Somebody say 10 ways. Say 10 ways. To offer thanks to God, what? Acceptably. 10 solid ways. We said number one, we give thanks with understanding. We must give thanks promptly. That's why the first Sunday we are doing it. Some people are not thanksgiving is at the end of the month. I don't fault them. But I believe that if you have seen the first day of the last month, we need to express, return quickly and bring God thanks. So that the balance of his program for the year can be given unto us. You are living with your balance. You are living with your change. Somebody say, I'm going with my change. The Bible says we should give thanks unashamedly and publicly. Then we said we must give thanks with the valuable gift or offering. We must give thanks with the valuable gift or offering. We have to give thanks by faith. Somebody say, I give thanks by faith. That's why nobody can say, oh, pastor, I don't think I, I have something to thank God for. Because even if it's a challenge you are facing now, which you think is reason enough not to thank God, you can still give God thanks that he's turning that challenge around. Are you with me here? Abraham gave thanks to God for 25 years. Can you imagine? Thanksgiving. He was giving God for 25 years. God had given him a promise. The promise had not manifested. But every day when he woke up, he looked at his weak body. He looked at the closed womb of his wife, Sarah. And then Abraham said, Lord, I give you thanks that I'm a father of many nations. For 25 years, the Bible said, be not weak in faith. He staggered not at the promise of God through unbelief, but was strong in faith, giving glory to God. Giving glory to God, being fully persuaded that he who had promised was also able to do it. Listen, God is not a man that he should lie. Neither the son of man that he should repent. Had he said it and shall he not do it? Had he spoken it and shall he not make it good? Every word God has spoken concerning us as a commission. Every word God has spoken concerning you as an individual. Before 2021 is over, I declare it's delivered to you as a testimony. In the mighty name of Jesus. In the mighty name of Jesus. Because you obeyed God and you obeyed his servant and you responded to the call to come with thanks, you are ending the year on the note of wholeness. You are ending the year on the note of wholeness. You are ending the year on the note of wholeness. In the name of Jesus. The same hospital that gave you the wrong diagnosis. You will go there and they will say the condition has changed. The condition is no more. Somebody shout, I believe it. Take your seat. Give thanks by faith. We said give thanks from your heart. Somebody say give thanks from your heart. Give thanks from your heart. Whatever we are doing, whatever song we are singing, make sure you are doing it from your heart. The Bible says, out of the abundance of the heart, the mouth speaks. These people draw near me with their mouths, but their hearts are far away. And by the way, the only place God looks to in order to deliver reward to anyone is the heart. It doesn't look at your moves. It doesn't look, all of those things are great, but your heart. He said, for the Lord does not look as man looks. Man looks on the outside, but God looks at the heart. May he find your heart rejoicing. May he find your heart excited. May he find your heart ready to give God praise. Somebody say, I praise God with my heart. Number seven, we must give thanks with a song. Somebody say, with a song. 
Say with a song. And so when we are singing, you have no choice. You have no choice than to sing. Those of you who are online, even if it's a, a tree song or a local song, you don't understand, just harm your way into the song. You can just begin to sing your own in tones, following the tune. Am I communicating at all? You need to, you must of necessity. When the words are projected, look at it, understand the lyrics, and flow with the spirit. Somebody say, I'm flowing with the spirit. Let me show you something here. Psalm 69 verse 30. I think that scripture is very important. He said, I will praise the name of God with what? I will magnify him with? I will magnify him with? You, you know what it means to magnify? To magnify is to make something big. The reason why your problem is bigger than you and you're almost dying under the weight of your problem is that you have magnified your problem above God. But listen, when you give God thanks, you are changing the equation. You begin to magnify God above your problems. And when you can faithfully magnify God above your problems, your problems will be no more. This morning, as we magnify God, your problems shall be dissolved. Somebody say, I am more than a conqueror. Ezra chapter 3 verse 11. Ezra 3 11. The Bible said they sang responsibly. I like that. I like it. When I saw it this morning, I was so excited. They sang responsibly. They didn't sing passively. Everybody lifted up their voice. They sang responsibly. Praising and giving God thanks. And saying, for he is good. You can't give God thanks and not say something. For he is good and his mercy endures forever toward Israel. For his good and his mercy endures towards embassy of life. For his good and his mercy endures towards the Fuqua family. For his good and his mercy endures to the Opea Dakwa family. For his good and his mercy endures to the Ashon Katai family. For his good and his mercy endures to the Edo family. For his good and his mercy endures to everyone. Praise all. Praise the Lord. The Bible said, then all the people shouted with a great shout. And when they praised the Lord, because the foundation of the house of the Lord was laid. Please take your seats. Number eight, give God thanks with your words. Somebody say, give God thanks with your words. I realize that a lot of people miss it in this area. Reverend, a lot of people miss it in this area. They can come to church and sing all the good songs about God, praise about God. When they go home, that's when they begin to speak some words to God. As for church, when they came, because of the way the praise and worship leader was talking, if they don't do something, people will see that they are not in the spirit. So they pretend to flow. But they are really, what they really want to tell God is not that, I will love you forever, love you. This God is too good to that part, no, they want to take it out. <laughs> because if they look at my situation, but this God, I will worship you forever. That one, I'm not sure. I love you forever. Because this God is too good. Oh. <laughs> As for church there, they can't say what they really want to say. But when they go home, they begin to talk and sing the song proper to God. <laughs> I can continue worshiping you for you. This God is too wicked. Now, let me show you something. Your words. Somebody say my words. Now, listen. Words are everything. 
Next year, I will teach you your words matter. I've been meaning to do that. And your words matter. I actually did a series doing the good success and talk a little bit about words. I said, words are cheap. Hey, who told you that? Words are not cheap. Words are not cheap. In the natural, words may be cheap, but in the spiritual, words are expensive and costly. God responds to our words. Look at what the Bible says in the book of Malachi. Malachi chapter 3, verse 13 and 15. That's why in the book of uh, Ephesians, you know what he said? He said, Thanksgiving is our dialect. Do you remember? I'll read that to you. He said, your words have been harsh against me. Says who? Pastor. Says who? Pastor Fokwa. Says Pastor James. Says Pastor Champo. Says who? The Lord. And he said, what have been spoken against you? Now, people who may be in the service, they are like, now, what is all this Thanksgiving about? In fact, all burning in our yeah, because you have said some things against God in secret. The way God is dealing with you, you think that God is not fair to you. I will show you something briefly. He says, now, if God is to deal with us fairly, none of us will be okay. Hey! If God is to deal with you fairly, every time I see Psalm 103 verse 3, don't take me there. Someone, when he says that, oh Lord, if you are to mark iniquity, me, I don't forget about the iniquity. The word, if he is to mark, if he is to mark my prayer life, <laughs> if he is to mark my giving life, if he is to mark my soul winning life. Some of you, I'm not thinking about you know committing fornication adultery. No, if he is to mark you and reward you according to the marking scheme. That's why I, I feel my, sometimes my heart bleeds when I meet a Christian who thinks that he deserves something from God. And I've been tightened and I've been giving and I've been serving in your house and Lord, you are not doing this. Listen, you don't deserve any. The man Jacob, eh? Jacob was a one man. Do you know what the Bible says in Romans chapter 9, verse 16? He said, I will show mercy upon whom I will show mercy. For it is not of him that willeth nor him that runneth, but God that showed mercy. This was the philosophy of Jacob. He said, you have said it is useless to serve God. What profit is it that we have kept his ordinance and that we have walked as mourners before the Lord God? That's what people say. Some people are in church by their words. But according to the book of Ephesians chapter 5, look at this, chapter 5 verse 4. Chapter 5 verse 4. This is how we are supposed to. He says, let there be no filthy. Somebody say filthiness. Or silly talk or cause joke. Because such things are not appropriate for believers. But instead, speak of your thankfulness. Do what? Or say it. Speak of, of your thankfulness. So when you open your mouth, Lord, I thank you for my wife. I thank you for my children. I thank you for my job. I thank you for my mom. I thank you for my car. Every time. That complaining and murmuring is not our identity. In fact, the message version says, Thanksgiving is our dialect. How many of you speak away here? You speak away. Fine. Good. What is your dialect? It will be away. No be so. No be so. Oh, talk to me. No be so. How many of you speak tree? What is your dialect? Now, how many of you speak fra fra? Any language like that? Fra fra. Yes. That is your dialect. No be so. Now. When you become a born again in Christ, your dialect is thanksgiving. That's what the Bible is saying. 
Thanksgiving is our dialect. So if you meet a believer who is complaining, he's actually living his life outside Christ. He's in Christ, but he's living his life outside Christ. How do I know? Because in the book of uh, 1 Thessalonians chapter 5, verse 18, he said, in everything, for this is the way, this is how you ought to live. Look at that, look at that, look at that. Beautiful. Thank God. No matter what happens, that is the way God wants you who belong to Christ to live your lives. Can somebody shout an amen? That's how you ought to live. That's how you ought to live. I don't have bitter experiences. No, I thank God for them. If I look back into my life, there is virtually nothing I can't thank God for. Even for mistakes I made. Mistakes I made. Mistakes I made. Even for a sin I committed. No, 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 no. no. Everything around me and in me, I can see that God worked through all of it. We know all things work together. Our mistakes, our misdeeds. God makes all of them come together for our good. Somebody say, I am blessed. Who say, I am blessed. We say we give thanks in tongues. Somebody say give thanks in tongues. And then number 10, we said ultimately make thanksgiving your lifestyle. Somebody say make thanksgiving your lifestyle. It will be tough, but we will see. Let's look at part three. Part three, we want to explore why people don't return with thanks. There are some people, they may even be here, and it looks like they have a difficulty with what we are doing because they, they don't understand us. Or maybe me in particular. Luke chapter 17, verse 15. He said, And one of them, when he saw he was healed, returned and with a loud voice glorified God and fell on his face at his feet, giving him thanks. And he was a Samaritan. Verse 15. One of them, give me verse 15. One of them, when he saw, somebody say, When he saw. Say, When he saw. Or say, When he saw. When he saw, one of them, when he saw. Number one reason why people fail to give God thanks or they don't return with a heart of gratitude is because I'm using three F's so that it can help you remember, right? Three F's. One is that because of failure to see the benefit of God, the art of God. Failure to see the art of God. Number one, failure to see the art of God. Three reasons. They fail to see it. This man, the Bible said, when he saw, there is something you must look to see to come and give God thanks. Somebody say, you must look to see. You have to look to see. Look into your marriage. Last night I was praying with one of my sons and his wife. And I was just helping them to see some of the things they must see. We're just thanking God. I was just thanking God with them. And I was mentioning things. I don't know whether they have carefully looked at that and considered it themselves. Said this, this, this. You were not like this before. You were not like this before. You were not like this before. Look at that and give him thanks. Bible said when he saw. Somebody say when he saw. Do you know that it's always easy to see what has not been done than what has been done? Please, somebody talk to me. I said, do you know it's always easy to see what has not been done than what has been done? You have to train yourself to see what has been done. Praise God. You have to train yourself to see what has been done. Hannah was greatly loved by her husband. But she had no child. And you know what Hannah focused on? The fact that she didn't have a child. She would not take her mind to the fact that her husband loves her. Even above the second wife who has children. Praise God. So she was always depressed. 
Always crying. Never enjoying a life. All because of what you are seeing. Listen, your perspective in life is everything. Your perspective. It's not your problem that is a problem. It's your perspective about the problem that is a real problem. Your perspective about the problem. Your perspective is everything. The Bible said, as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. In the book of Psalm 118, verse 23, he said, this is the Lord's doing and it's marvelous in our eyes. It's marvelous. This is the Lord's doing. What is the Lord's doing? Can you see the Lord's doing? Can you see anything that this is the Lord and it's marvelous in my eyes. In other words, my mind is focused, my eyes are focused on what the Lord is doing. Because every other thing else is not marvelous. Anything Satan is doing around you is not marvelous. But you can keep your focus and your eyes on what the Lord is doing. Because whatever the Lord is doing is marvelous. 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 I see marvelous things happening to you. Marvelous things are happening in your marriage. Marvelous things in our church. Marvelous things in our branches. Somebody say marvelous things. This is the Lord's doing. And it's marvelous in my eyes. Listen. Gratitude will always flow naturally from your heart unto God if you keep your eyes on what God is doing. In everybody's life, there is something that is not going where they don't like, including this pastor here. There is something that I want God to change, but I will not look at that to the neglect of what God has done already. I'm sure those guys, uh, when they were going, one of them said, ah, uh, I feel something in my body, but I don't think it's uh, full healing yet. Let me keep on going. So when he saw that something has happened, let me just return. He saw. Listen, open your eyes. For the Bible says, for which cause we faint not. For though the outward man perish, the inward man is renewed day by day. For our light affliction, which is but for a moment worketh for us. We don't look at the things which are seen. For the things which are seen are what? Temporal. Everything you see. Everything in the natural. If you can't see through your spiritual eyes, it is temporary. Somebody say it's temporary. Until you open your eyes, you can never see what God is doing. Somebody say, open your eyes. Listen, let me tell you. I've said it, I think this month, I've said this about two or three times. Last month and this month. You have to be very intentional and deliberate to see good things around you. Did you hear that? To see good things around you, you have to be deliberate and intentional. Your mind, because of the fall, is naturally programmed to see bad things. Bad things! So you have a wife. When she's doing her best, you won't see it. But you see the bad things easily. You have a child, you can easily see the bad things. When you come to church, you can easily see the bad things. You see, you, you think that there's a problem in the place. No, there's no problem. The, the problem's it in your head. And it's between your eyes. In your two eyes. You have not trained them well. Praise God. You have not trained them well. Yesterday, there was something that happened between me and mommy. And then, later on, we were talking about it. And she was giving me some perspective about it. And then I told her that, listen, even this thing that happened, it is good. Because at it happened, these kids are also seeing something. Praise the Lord. Praise the Lord. Everything you have to look at, what good is in it? What good is in it? They delayed your promotion. There's something good in it. You miss your flight. There's something good in it. You miss the job. There's something good in it. Listen, your life is programmed on a supernatural scale. 
You see, nothing happens in a Christian's life by accident. Praise God. I don't live my life by accident. Everything that happens here is in God's divine program. God's divine program. Somebody shout, I believe. Number two, it's a feeling of entitlement. Number one, we said failure what? Failure to see the art of God. Number two is feeling of entitlement to the benefit of God. You know, this is an entitlement generation. Yeah. We feel we are entitled to something. But let me tell you, if God was really to give us what we are entitled to, <laughs> how many of you want God to give you what you are entitled to? When you give offering, you think you're entitled to something. When you serve in the house of God, you think you're entitled to something. So when that thing does not show up, hey, I'm not going again, um, then you become cold, you begin to withdraw. <laughs> Your mind needs to work right. You know why these guys, that I'm sure one, I am just thinking, it's not scripture, uh, it's not in the letter, but it is common knowledge. Later on, if you look at the gospels and how the Jews carry themselves around Jesus, it's very, very likely that the other nine who were not named are likely to be Jews. Praise God. Yeah. The Samaritan. The word they, they say, and he was a Samaritan. The Jews, they say, ah, oh Jesus, and you, you are one of us. What, is, what do we get it for? Why must we come and thank you? We are all Jews from the same, we all of us, our, our father is Abraham. We come from the same background. What must we thank you for? Listen. The feeling of entitlement will never make you grateful. You are a wife. Your husband gives you money. You think you are entitled to chop money. So you won't say thank you. He buys a gift for you. You think that you are entitled to the gift. A husband, your wife gives you sex. You think you are entitled to it. After all, am I not married to you? I'm entitled to it. So you just finish. You get up and go. No thank you. Praise God. That sense of entitlement can kill your marriage. Come to church, you are prayed for, you are blessed. God's word comes to you, you think you are entitled to it. The sense of entitlement. Sense of entitlement. The fact that we are entitled to it, so why do we need to go back? Listen, I said none of us is entitled to anything good from God. None of us. Somebody say none of us. Say none of us. I like, I like this. You see, why you come to do you remember the prayer in, I think, uh, Luke chapter 18, eh? Luke chapter 18. When somebody, the two, uh, please give me Luke chapter 18. Let me show you something. Today, please just allow me small. Let me help you. Praise God. Look at this. There he spoke a parable to the men always ought to pray and not to lose hand. Verse 8 is when he was talking about the righteous man, the one who came, two guys came to pray. Verse 10, thank you. Take me to verse 10. Two men went to pray. Listen, two men. Now, I don't know how many of us are here this morning, but <laughs> I want us to see ourselves in one of those two groups. Two men went to pray, including women, so that there will be gender balance. Went to the temple to praise and to give thanks. So two categories of people are here as I'm speaking. He said, one of them, a Pharisee, and the other, a tax collector. Now look at their, their expressions. 
The Pharisees stood and praised us with himself. Lord, I thank you that I'm not like other men, extortionists, unjust, adulterers, even as this task collector. So he's, you know, he's putting himself, because he's separating himself. I'm different. I'm entitled to audience with you. In fact, that's what he was saying. He said, God, I want to pray. I want us to have a conversation. But first of all, I want you to know my identity and the ground rules. You see, I want you to know from, I have authority to speak to you. You need to hear me. And the reason I have authority to speak to you is that I am a righteous person. Yeah. I fast twice a week. Yeah. Most of the people, the Wednesday church fast, they don't even do it. But me, I go beyond it and I do twice a week. You have to listen to me. You have to really pay attention to me now. I give tithe of all my possess. All that I possess. All that I possess. Some of you, even the salary crowd, the title doesn't come. So your side business there, no, they can't hold crowd. But this one, give tithes of all she possesses. All. Somebody say all. Ask your neighbor, is your tithe from all? Then he says, and the task collector, standing afar off, will not as much raise his eyes to heaven, but beat his breast, heart. Saying, God, be merciful to me, a sinner. The Bible said, this man went home. Look at that. This man went home, justified rather than the earth. For everyone who exalts himself will be humble. And he who humbles himself shall be exalted. When you come to God, and let me tell you something. When you come to God and you think that because of something you have done, you deserve something, you'll be humbled. You'll be humbled. You'll come on the basis of this and this and this. No, no, you'll be humbled badly. Somebody say badly. May you not be badly humbled. Amen. I said, may you not be badly humbled. Amen. May you not be badly humbled. Amen. Shout a better amen. amen. Your amen is very sick. Amen. Every time you encounter God, this must be your attitude. When you are giving, that must be your attitude. When you are praying, that must be your attitude. Jacob had that attitude. That's why Jacob was blessed. How many of you know that Jacob was a mess? Total mess. One of the messes I'll be talking about next year. Jacob. If you are looking for somebody to give a job to you, give it to Jacob. A man who can deceive, lie to his father, and lie to God also. Jacob. No, no, no. He's not some kind of person. He was a total mess. And yet, God preferred him over Esau. He says, I'll have mercy on whom I'll have mercy. How compassion. Why? Look at Jacob's philosophy. That's why as a man thinketh in his heart, so is he. Come with me to Genesis chapter 32 verse 10. Genesis 32 verse 10. He says, I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you have shown me. I don't. Somebody say, I don't. The message verse. He said, I'm not worthy of the least of all the mercies. I don't deserve all the love and loyalty you have shown me. When I left and crossed the Jordan, I only had clothes on my back. And now I look, look at me. Two camps. Look at me. Look at me. He said, I don't deserve any. I don't deserve. But you are standing here, I deserve. So when we say we are thanking God, he said, he has not done it. And I deserve that he does it. So I'm not be there. I don't deserve all. Was Jacob hard working? I bet you he was. Crazy hard worker. 
Smart worker, I bet you Jacob was. But he said, I don't deserve. I don't. I don't deserve. That's the message. Number three. The reason why people don't return with thanks is forgetfulness. Somebody say forgetfulness. And this is where I would end my sermon this morning. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Psalm 103 verse 1 to 5. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and all that is within me. Bless his holy name. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget. Somebody say forget. Say forget. Forget. Not all his benefits. Bless the Lord, oh my soul, and forget not all his benefits. Listen. The ability to remember is foundational to a grateful life. The ability to remember. Somebody's the ability to remember. If you meet any ungrateful person, he has a short memory. Ungrateful people have a short memory. They always can. You see, they can't think far. So they can't recall. Far. They can't think far. They have a short memory. They only think about today. Every ungrateful person, no matter who he is, underline Philippians chapter 1 verse 3 Paul was speaking I thank God upon every remembrance of you look at that I thank upon every remembrance the ability to remember will always provoke thanks 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 when I remember that I used to be a, a chain smoker why can't I be thankful to God Knowing that for my family, if you smoke a little, the next place we find you is Ankafu. Lost some of my siblings, giants. I know of two of my siblings who are giants. If they stand here, they may be as tall as that. I don't know where my father had those boys from. Very tall people, heavy people, tall and heavy. I mean, these were family people we were very proud of. We don't even know where they ended. If you remember how many people are around you, they use the same perfume, they wear the same uh, dresses you wear, go to the same boutique you go to, and yet nobody even comes to them to propose love to them. When you remember that, you cannot take your husband for granted. You'll be thankful. Am I communicating here? You'll be thankful. You will be thankful. You will be thankful. Remembrance. I pray, listen, this morning is my prayer that the ability to remember will come to you. That you will never forget anything good. Listen, <laughs> I realize that God himself does not forget. The only thing God decides to forget are our wrongs. Apart from that, every other thing God remembers. He said, God is not unrighteous to forget. He is not forgetful. So how can he be forget? Now listen, Pastor Pe, all the, the, the volume of oxygen you have taken in 2021, God knows all of it. Yeah. He knows all of it. So if you pretend on Thanksgiving Day that you have forgotten that God gave you breath, he has not forgotten. He has, the, the thing, if there's a, a, an oxygen cylinder, is there. If you want to know it now, he can give all of it to you. Just like the same way MTN can give you all your phone records. So you cannot pretend to forget. The ability, somebody say the ability to remember. The man who returned, he remembered his state. He remembered that he was, used to be an outcast. He remembered that he used to, now you are a landlord and you've forgotten. You are a boss, you've forgotten. How your landlord used to insult you. 
How you used to struggle for space on a, a trotro. Today, you have gotten matis. And because of that, you have an attitude when it comes to praising God. Listen, God has never forgotten. Listen, let, let's not deceive ourselves. So, can I talk to you today? God never forgets. He never. never. The state you were in when your husband married you, that now, you seem to have forgotten all of that. You see, God has not forgotten that. God has not forgotten that. Let me show you how particular God is about not forgetting. Deuteronomy chapter 8. Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 1 to 13. Please just let me talk to you. Can I talk to you? By the time we leave this service, your life would have been changed permanently for good. Your amen is very sick. He said, Be careful to obey all the commands I'm giving you. Today, you will live and multiply. You enter and occupy the land I saw to give your fathers. Go to verse number two. Remember. Somebody say remember. remember. Now, please. This is God. He said, remember. Remember how the Lord led you through your wilderness for these 40 years. Remember. Humbling you and testing you to prove your character. To find out whether or not you obey his commands. Verse three. Remember. Somebody say remember. Yes. He humbled you by letting you go hungry. How many of you have been hungry before? <laughs> then, feeding you with manna, a food previously unknown to you and your ancestors, he did it to teach you that people do not live by bread alone. Rather, he will live by the word that comes from the mouth of the Lord. Verse 4, he says, For all these 40 years, remember your clothes did not wear out and your feet did not blister. Can somebody say an amen? amen. 40 years. Now listen, there is a reason. I will teach on remembrance really next year. Praise God. Because there are things you must consider. Jesus actually instituted the Lord's Supper just to help us remember. He said, as often as you do it, do it in remembrance of me. Because a lot of Christians have forgotten the sacrifice that was made. So we need to remember there are things you must constantly do. There are some pictures, don't destroy them. Keep it. They will help you to remember some things. Keep it. That word I think is for me. I don't like to keep pictures. Particularly the one I look very powerful. I don't like to keep them. But when I just said it, the Holy Ghost said, this is your own. I've taken it. Thank you, Holy Spirit. Yeah, 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 yeah. Keep it. Don't lose it. Because it will help you straighten up. When you see yourself, how lanky you were. And today you have this. Oh, it will straighten you up. Remember. Somebody say, I remember. Think about it just as a parent disciplines a child. Go to verse 7. For the Lord your God. The reason why God is teaching you the ability to remember is this. He's giving you a reason. For the Lord your God is bringing you into a good land. Somebody say, I'm entering that land. 2022, you enter your good land. Listen. In 2022, you are entering the land not by sweat or by effort. God's grace and favor will take you there. In the mighty name of Jesus. Remember. Take your seat. Remember. I was speaking to a brother. One of our brothers here. He came to my office and we were chatting. And he was telling me about when he came to church. First, how he came. He said when he came, he was on a Okada. I had actually forgotten all about it. I like people like that. 
I like people like that. People who would take stock of the... Today, he has his own business. He has a house. He has a wife. He has children. He has cars. He has employees all under him. How did it come? But he remembers how he came. A lot of us quickly forget how we came. We quickly forget. We quickly forget. You've forgotten how you, you were not confident about yourself and you went to propose. And somewhere, somehow, you were expecting a bounce. But the lady said yes. And when the relationship started, you didn't even have much. The wedding cry, lady now responded. You are treating her anyhow. Remember. Turn to anybody and say, remember. 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 There are things where you remember. Listen, you will not go and cheat on your husband. You won't cheat on your wife. Somebody say an amen. amen. Remember. He said, I'm bringing you into a good land. Verse number eight. Please keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. Keep it there. It is a land of wheat and barley of grapevines. Verse nine. He said, it's a land where you eat bread without scarceness. It's a plentiful land where food is plenty and nothing is lacking. May you experience that land. It is a land where iron is as common as stone and copper is as abundant in the hills. Verse 10, he says, when you have eaten your fill, this is where, be sure to praise the Lord your God for the good land he's given you. Now look at, when you have, be careful that time to, he said, but that is the time to be careful. Somebody say be careful. When you start succeeding, next year I will teach on some enemies of success. Please, the, the sermon outlines I give, when I'm teaching, you somebody like you, you note them down for me. And when I finish service, you bring them to me. Enemies of success. And when you do that, attach the reference I was on when I said that. So that it will guide me. That's the day when, after the outreach, we went for outreach at Petit when we were coming. I did a short exhortation for them. And when we finished, and we were coming, the Holy Ghost began to speak to me to do a teaching on that. So at the point, I had to park the car handed it over to Pastor James. Pastor James began to drive and I began to type yeah, because the Holy Ghost was speaking to me and I needed to get the information captured. He said, that time be careful. Beware that in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God. Beware. Oh, oh, oh. Can I talk to somebody? Beware. Tomorrow when you become Chief Justice, beware. Tomorrow when you become an MP, beware. Tomorrow when your company goes global, beware. Tomorrow, when you are able to build your own hospital, beware. Tomorrow, when you are able to raise your own business, beware. Be careful that at that time, at that time, you have to consciously discipline. I've said it in this church before. You see, when God takes you up, you have to consciously bring yourself down. Because nobody will bring you down. When God takes you up, you have to consciously. There are things I do deliberately just to make sure that I keep myself under. Paul said, because of the abundance of revelation that was given to me a ton of flesh to buffet me, so that I be exalted above measure. If God puts a ton, <laughs> I don't want God's ton. I will put a ton myself, so that God will not have to bring me a ton. Keep yourself under. You are a big man. When they are doing evangelism, join them. Let some of your employees see you on the street. 
When you do that, you are humbling yourself. Oh, we saw our boss on the street witnessing to souls. You are keeping yourself under. Am I communicating here? When you come to church, your big man has entered you. Uh, <laughs> when the usher is giving you an instruction and you are a CEO of a company, take it humbly. Because as you learn to take it humbly, you are keeping yourself under. Because all through the week, you have been issuing instructions. You came to church and look at this little usher who may not have even gotten your kind of degree. And he tells you, sister, sit here. Brother, sit here. Then you, you size him up. Up and down. See? You had a fine opportunity to bring yourself under, but you missed it. Somebody say, be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Be careful. Who you used to be. Don't, you see, I, I used to think that this uh, warning about remembering and not forgetting was an Old Testament thing until I saw Apostle Paul saying the same thing. In the book of Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. Ephesians. Ephesians chapter 2, verse 11 to 13. said, don't forget, you Gentiles. Somebody say, don't forget. Okay. You Gentiles. Say, Gentiles. Gentiles. Keep it slow, slow for me. Slow, slow, slow. But the volume don't. Don't fall. Please don't for don't forget you Gentiles used to be outsiders. Don't forget. You were called uncircumcised. You were called a failure. How many of us have been called by some names before? You were called. Nobody. Nothing good can come out of you. Oh, I remember that when my daddy died, my daddy was not a poor person. Yeah. Poor people don't build. He had a, a, a number of businesses, had houses, and all of those things. But he had a lot of children. Yeah. And when you have a lot of children, uh, you create a lot of confusion sometimes. Not just a lot of children. A lot of children can create a lot of confusion. And then, when you have a lot of wives, you complicate matters. So when my daddy died, and we were, my mother was the last but one wife. So, you know, if you are the last but one wife, Ketri can be good. But Ketri do in your cry. You see, if you are a today and your daddy is alive, sometimes you can enjoy the best. But when the man dies, you also sometimes can suffer the worst. So, well, last but one, my daddy died and the family, the extended family, you know, he was a family man and all of those things. So, he, instead of willing his property to his uh, children, he decided to give some to family, extended family and all of that. Listen. By the time he finished, the extended family also wanted, the one he even gave us, after he, he gave some to the extended, they came for the one they gave us. And they took us through all kinds of things. I appeared before, the late Asante I appeared before her three times or so. Because that, the woman who took over from my father will not let me rest. Will not let me rest, will not let my mother rest. And I was stubborn. I will face her head on. I went in this uh, uh, tea Nipano, that from my local authority days. That, that time, my father died when I was, I think, somewhere uh, class uh, class six or so. And they used to take me up and down. We go there. The woman said, "Me, I've insulted her. I've used all kinds of words on her. And some of the things she was saying, I can't even use. I didn't understand them. Those words. Went once and again, once and again. Went there until eventually they rubbished the case. Today, I don't go to that house. Today, I'm highly respected by such people. 
Today, my family, in fact, one of our sisters who was listening, told my mother that he should take us uh, listen because uh, nothing good can come out of us. Last but one. And thankfully, by the grace of God, of all my father's siblings, my mother's children, all of us, father, same father, all of us are pastors. By the grace of God, all of us are doing well. Now, listen, how can I forget that when I was in classes, they took me to Asante Himalayanvi? How can I forget that? I can't forget that. I cannot forget. You see, there are some people, they, you know, there are people, you meet them, you know you know them, but they are pretending they don't know you. Am I communicating somebody? Somebody you know, you know, this guy, we're all playing together. Uh, I, 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 I or away. Then, because now, GLS and I also will see from Tazi Bimunti. Ah, Shoto, Shoto. You know, that old name, you know, there are some names when they mention, you know. Me, if I meet somebody and the person calls Francis, I have to turn quickly. Anybody who calls me Francis, now say, they know me way back. But you know there are some people, you meet them, you mention that name, pa! Hey, it's so nice. You see, there are human beings who can do that. But listen, don't do that with God. Because he knows where he picked you from. And listen, don't forget you used to be. Never forget who you used to be. You are a pastor today, but you used to be a church member. Then maybe you became a cell leader. You became a deacon, a minister, and now you are a pastor. When Satan enters your heart to make you want to become rebellious, remember. Am I communicating here? Remember! Today I'm holding a microphone. But I remember I used to hold weep. I can't forget those. Papa Nibi. Papa Nibi. <laughs> 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 Today they call me Pastor Afuakwa. Then they used to call me Krusty Deterrum. <laughs> Fire Jumper. <laughs> Satan's Assistant. That was my brand there. Very strong brand. And when I'm coming like that. <laughs> today you think I walk some way. You should have seen me there. Today my walk is a Christian, Christian walk. He said, don't forget who you used to be. Don't forget. Now, let me close with three dangers that comes when people forget. One. When people forget, they become ungrateful. They become what? They become ungrateful. They become ungrateful. The Bible says, bless the Lord, O my soul, and forget not all his benefits. When people forget, they become ungrateful. So when you meet, I've told you, if you are dealing with any ungrateful person, don't worry about the person. Just understand that. Is it because the person is forgetful? You see, when you remember that somebody is forgetful, he's ungrateful, and you, you are able to understand that he's forgetful, you will not take it to heart. What No, no, no. Yes, he's forgotten. Forget not all his benefit. Number two, forgetfulness is the gateway to pride. If you see anybody who has been eating about pride, it's forgetfulness. Somebody say forgetfulness. Forgetfulness makes people proud. 
Deuteronomy chapter 8, verse 11 to 14. But that time is a time to be careful. Beware that you, in your plenty you do not forget the Lord your God and disobey his commands, regulations, and decrees that I'm giving you today. Verse 12. He says, For when you become full and prosperous and have built fine houses to live in, follow, follow, fine houses to live in, and when your flocks and herds have become very large and your silver and your gold are multiplied along with everything else, be careful. Be what? Uh-huh. Verse 13. Do not become do not become at that time and forget anybody who is proud of his achievement, proud of his position, pride of his wealth, is forgetfulness. Because anybody who is a rich man today has been a poor man before. Even if you say my prosperity to me as an inheritance, there is nobody who came on earth with money. So everybody came on earth poor. Did you hear that? Everybody came on earth so if you look at your generation, there are some families that say, we have generational wealth. That generation did not begin with wealth. It began with the first person who came to the wealth, broke and poor. And then somewhere, somehow, he began to see wealth and grew it and grew it and you have come. Anybody who has seen anything and has eaten him up is because they are forgetful. To somebody who is a CEO before, uh, it's very likely that at one point in time or the other, you were an employee before. Even if it's in somebody's house. Forgetfulness. Pride. Pride. I believe that the foundation for pride is forgetfulness. That's what I believe. Foundation. Somebody say the foundation is forgetfulness. When you forget, you become proud. You become proud. When you forget, one is your foundation. I mean, you can't go into scripture. Why did Satan become proud and seek to unto overthrow God? It's forgetfulness. He woke up one day and he forgot that God created him. So he said, today I'm going to show you something. I have gathered some people. We are going to rebel against you. But the Bible says, he had forgotten that he was a created being. And a created being cannot fight his creator. Forgetfulness. Forgetfulness. Look at this. First Samuel chapter 15, verse 17 to 18. This scripture should help you. The difference between Saul and David is remembrance. Somebody say remembrance. And I tell you, as you learn to remember, you go very far. You go very far. Most of the time, we, we don't, we, I've been studying those two guys. And I'm just trying to, I would do a teaching on David Nesty. But I, I, I've been studying the, those two guys. And I wonder, what was the key differences between them? What made Saul? There are a number of them. One of them is that David knew how to repent. But Saul would justify his behavior. Another is that David Saul was forgetful, but David will not forget anything. Look at this. The Bible said, but 15, I said 15, please. 15, verse 17 to 18. 1 Samuel 15, 17. So Samuel said, when you were little in your own eyes. Somebody say, when you were little. When you were little in your, were you not the head of the tribes of Israel and did not the Lord anoint you king over? When you were little in your own eyes. You see, God can make you big, but be little in your own eyes. Did you hear what I said? As for God, there is no telling how far he can take you. But you must always remain little in your own eyes. That's why the Bible said, let no man think of himself more highly than he ought to think. Be little in your... Oh, Pastor Fokwa, he's such a fine preacher. I don't see myself as such a problem. Last week I told you, 
that there is no sermon I preach that I'm very happy with. I'm in a learning mood. Praise God. Be little in your own eyes. This is a great business person. Don't let it enter you. He said, when you are little in... Because, listen, God does not make big people big. He makes big people small and makes little people big. Write it somewhere. God never makes big people big. He makes big people small and makes small people big. That is, that is my own translation from this scripture. Please go back. He said, when you were little in your own eyes, verse 17, did the Lord not make you the head? When you were little, God made you the head. When you were little, God made you. Listen, if you make yourself big, God cannot make you. He forgot. When God sent him, he had forgotten that God had sent him. He did what he wanted to do. But look at this man, David. Who knew how to remember? 2 Samuel 6, 14 to 16. 2 Samuel 6, verse 14 to 16. Then David danced before the Lord with all his might. Somebody say, with all his might. And was wearing a linen ephod. Okay. Verse. So David and all the house of Israel brought up the ark of the Lord with shouting and with sound of... Now, as the ark of the Lord came into the city of David, Michael... May there be no Michael here today. Saul's daughter looked through the window and saw King David limping and wailing before the Lord and she despised her in her heart. David! The ark has been away from the house of God for years. From Jerusalem. He brings it and he's all ecstatic. Super excited. Dancing. Just throw himself. Michael despised him. And then began to speak to David. Look at how David responded. Look at this. Second Samuel 9, verse 1 to 5. Now David said, no, uh, go, go to, no, let, let's, let's stay there, the same place. 16, good. So they brought the ark to the place. David danced before the Lord. Now go to verse number uh, 17 for me quickly. Haya boko shana da bakatos. He brought the ark. Move on, move on, move on. Lambra de boko shada. When David had finished, uh -huh, he blessed his people in the name of the Lord. Now go to verse 20. Then he distributed food. David returned. Thank you. This guy is in the spirit. Let's clap for him. <laughs> then David returned to bless his household. Blessing is coming home. David has gone blessing the whole nation. It's time to bless his household. Hey. This thing will preach you. David returned to bless his household. <laughs> you know, you can sometimes be celebrated everywhere except your household. He is returning with a blessing to his household. Sometimes your husband goes to work, he's returning with a package from you. You see, you are meeting him with anger. Over three days issues. Returning to bless out. Michael, the daughter of David, came out. Listen, when you are returning with something good, may negative people not meet you. May God take negative people away from you. This woman met her and said, Ah, how glorious was the king of Israel today, uncovering himself today in the eyes of the maids of his servants. As one of the base fellows, look at this, shamelessly uncovers himself. Now, please, I don't have time. When you go home, if you have New Living Translation or New King uh, the message version, spend time and read that. You'll get a deeper uh, translation of this. Now, so David said to Michael, it was before the Lord. Somebody say it was before. It was before the Lord. Who did what? 
It was before the Lord who did what? How does it sound to you? It's like remembrance to me. It's like what? It's like what? Remembrance to me. Nephi knew that he was not king because he was the best fighter. He was king because God chose him. May I tell you something? You are not saved because you are smart. You are saved because God chose you. You don't have money because you are smart, because you are a super saver. You have money because God chose you. You don't, you are not a, a, a smart person. You are not intelligent. You are not anointed because it's because God chose you. Stop that foolishness. It's because God chose you. Because there are people who are sharper than you. And when they were about to write their exams, they went to mental. And that was how they ended. It was because God chose you. Business is booming. Charlie, business needs a Christian. It was because God chose you. He said it was before the Lord. Who chose me instead of your father? Can I talk about that? Can I talk about that? Listen, for every place you are in now, there was somebody who could have been there. Every place you are in now. There was somebody who could have been there. He said, he chose me instead of your father. So it's not as if God didn't have an option at all. He had many options. But he decided to choose you. He had many options. He had many options. He had many options. There are too many women who are single and God decided to give you a husband. He didn't deserve it. There are too many people who have degrees and they don't have a job and God decided to give you a job. Listen, stop deceiving yourself. God has a lot of options. A lot of options. That's why God got mad at Elijah. When he said, I'm the only person left. Because Elijah, you made a mistake. Can I tell you something? I have 7,000 prophets and they have not started prophesying. Elijah, you made a great mistake. Listen, that, this is one of the things that keeps me humble every time. When I stand here and I'm preaching, I know that it's not because I'm the smartest. I, it's because God has just chosen me. God has just had mercy on me and chosen me. And there are many other people who could easily step in. There is nothing I do for God that I want to do with a bad attitude. I try my best. If I'm giving, I give it a good attitude. Because if I don't do it, there are others God could choose to do. Praise God. And all his house to appoint me ruler over the people of the Lord. Over Israel. Therefore will I play music before. That's David. David, a man with understanding and revelation. He knew he had been chosen so he couldn't take things for granted. He knew he had been chosen. And listen, this, this truth never comes in any way better like it comes in the book of Ephesians. When he says he chose us in him that we should be blameless before him. He chose us you are not holy because you are not holy because of a prayer life. You are holy because God has given you grace. You have never slept with any man. Stop bragging and boasting. You could have done multiple sexual partners. But God had mercy on you. It was because you chose me. This was the understanding David had all the time. You don't have a child because you never committed abortion. That, that is not the excuse. All these people, they are struggling because they live their lives useless. Really? Really? There are people who are more careful than you. 
You did not survive the accident because you are a smart driver and you knew how to swift. It is because God spared your life. Am I communicating to somebody this morning? That's why you are here. That's why you are here. That's why you are here. Never forget. Never forget. That's why you are here. He chose you. David said, this is why I'm playing before the Lord. This is why I'm playing before the Lord. This is why I'm going to play before the Lord. This is why I'm going to play. I mean, Apostle Paul was speaking. He said, I thank God who had enabled me. For he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Then he began to list his criteria. Look at this. First Timothy chapter 1. Everybody stand on your feet. I will not preach. I will not continue to preach again. We are just about to enter. First Timothy chapter 1 verse 12. Limbraka Sobraha. First Timothy 1. He said, I thank Christ Jesus our Lord. This is Paul. He said, who had enabled me because he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Then he began to list his CV. Because most of us, when we become good people, we delete our old CV. Your old CV was that you were a tenant. Your old CV was that you were a thief. Your old CV was that you used to be a harlot. Your old CV, that's your old CV. But today, when you are speaking, it's as if you have never had anything bad in your past. Paul said, although I was formerly a blasphemer, a persecutor, an insolent man, but I obtained mercy because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Praise God. And the grace of God. Somebody said the grace of God. Ooh, the grace of God. God chose us. So we cannot be ashamed to dance in his presence. God chose us so we cannot be ashamed to lie prostrate before him. God chose us so we cannot be ashamed to let people see our tears before him. Can somebody say an amen there? God chose us and there are many others he could have chosen. If you have decided to choose me, I can only express gratitude to him. Afuakwa has just placed in your hands the key for all-round victory, success, and limitless prosperity. Share your testimonies with us on 020-422-5790 or email us at embassyoflifechapel at gmail.com. Get interactive with Pastor Afuakwa on Facebook, Instagram, and Twitter. For more information, visit our website at www.embassyoflife.org. Fellowship with us this and every Sunday for our services at our headquarter church from 6.45 a.m. to 8 a.m. for our first service, which is our Excel service, and from 8.45 a.m. to 10.45 a.m. for our second service, which is our celebration service, and on Wednesdays for our discovery service from 6 p.m. to 7.45 p.m. Our church auditorium is located on the top floor of Nanama Ejakumar Plaza, opposite the Unity Oil station Santasa runabout Kumasi Ghana. Alternatively, you can join us online for our services on Embassy of Life Chapel, Facebook or YouTube pages. God richly bless you. Hey,